1: Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey, guys, today my guest on the show is my friend, Rachel Joy. Rachel is a wife, she's a mama to four. Her and her husband live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And Rachel and I met a couple of years ago when she invited me up to be a part of the conference that she started called the Sparrow Conference. I've said it before and I'll say it again, it's one of my favorite conferences that I go to. It is a conference that is focused on racial harmony. I love it so much. I love their mission. I love what they're doing. And Rachel and I talk a lot about how that got birthed in her. We talk about where that came from, how that started, how it's been messy to sit with people who are different and to learn. One thing we talk about is how the gospel tears down every division between us. We also talk about how it takes work to see how we as people may be enabling the prejudicedness and divisions that we see around us. And then we need to take time to see and understand the biases that we might have that we might not even know. You guys, if you've listened to the show long enough, you know it's a conversation that I'm passionate about. You also know it's a hard conversation. And so my encouragement to you is to sit here and listen and take it in and then take some time to reflect on your own heart. Be sure you listen to the end of the show for a special code from Rachel for discount tickets to Sparrow, which is this March. Tickets are on sale now. I have a discount code for you. I will be there. The conference is March 29th and 30th in Dallas, Texas. Guys, before we get to my conversation with Rachel and I, I want to tell you again about our Patreon page that we just started. This is new for us in 2019 and we're so excited about it because behind the scenes, we're already working on creating great content that is exclusive to our friends over on Patreon. We've created two different levels that you can be a part of. There's the party guest and the VIP guest. Both of them get different things. Some of them get the same thing. Being a party guest gets you access to our monthly focus series with topics that you're going to help us select. We're kicking off this series discussing dreams and goals. What is better for 2019 than that? We already have a great show ready for you in January that's all about chasing your dreams and reaching those goals. As a VIP guest, you're going to gain access to an exclusive version of the weekly happy hour you can still listen here like you always do. But if you have a VIP guest, you get a different version. We're also going to give you three additional monthly shows. It includes a live video gathering with my husband and I. Also, we're going to have some other shows with people that we've had on before that we want to bring back to ask more questions. We're also going to always give you early access to events and new merch, which speaking of events, Happy Hour Live is right around the corner. April 26th and 27th is that ha- next Happy Hour Live. Tickets go on sale the end of this month, you guys. One of the best ways to find out about Happy Hour Live Tickets is to make sure you're a part of our newsletter. We send out newsletters and it's going to have the link to where you get tickets. Also, if you're a Patreon VIP guest, you're going to be able to get tickets early. Follow me on Instagram as well. I always talk about it there. Basically, Patreon is an extension of the Happy Hour and we would love to have you there. It's going to be a ton of fun. Go to jamieivy.com slash Patreon for more information. Okay, you guys, here is my conversation with my dear friend, Rachel Joy. Rachel Joy. Rachel, welcome to the happy hour. It's so good to be here. Rachel, tell me about your family, where you live, all
2: the things. Yes. So I have four kids, like um, me. Yes, mm-hmm. mother of four, mother of four, a pastor's wife. Uh, we are at the Village Church up in Flower Mound, Texas, and uh, we actually live in Highland Village, Texas. And um, my, I run a ministry called Sparrow Women, and we are based in Dallas. Okay. Now, how many Sparrow conferences have you done? This will be our
1: seventh Sparrow conference. Oh my gosh. So I have been, this will be my third one to mm-hmm. go to. And I'm, I think I've told you this before, but I'm gonna tell you again publicly. The first time I came to Sparrow, I don't know what I was doing, like leading a panel or something. And I, I had my son with me, didn't I? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I brought Caden with me for the, up for the weekend. And I remember leaving. And I think I texted my assistant, Amanda, and said, I will always say yes to this event. Yeah. I just remember <laughs> thinking, I don't think I had ever met you. Had we met before? No. No. Mm -mm. And I just remember thinking, I'm so proud of these women. I I, I felt this sense of like, I'm so proud of Mm y'all. So tell everybody, I'm talking about this conference, but Sparrow Women, it's more than the conference. Am I right?
2: Yes. So just this year we launched Sparrow Women. So we, you know, I don't know if you know this, but it started in my living room. It was a Bible study that started in my living room where I invited five girls. It turned out to be 25 girls. And um, from there, it grew and grew and grew as a conference, okay? And so um, from that point, uh, we decided that, man, we feel the Lord leading us to launch a 365-day ministry, right? And uh, so Sparrow Women, we have four different veins that we're gonna push out over the next two years. So we'll do resources, uh, truth meets culture resources. So if you don't know anything about Sparrow, Um, We catalyze the next generation of reconcilers. So we talk about peacemaking in the culture around you, that we're not meant to be people who are saved and then put on a shelf, but we are meant to bring peace to the world around us. Because if you watch the news, it's depressing. It's awful. It's depressing, it's divided. Um, And most often we talk at Sparrow about the divide between ethnicities and what is God's heart for that. And how do we be reconciled to God first and reconciled to one another? And his heart for us is to make peace in the world. He brings peace, therefore through us, he continues to bring peace as we share the gospel and as we fight for reconciliation with one another. And so we're going to produce resources based on truth and culture. So how do I, a mom of four, pastor's wife, living in Highland Village, how do I, Rachel Joy, take the truth of the scriptures and apply them and lean into culture as opposed to leaning away from culture, as opposed to huddling up in my Bible study with people that look just like me. We are a sent people. God saved us and sent us. And so we're to go just like Jesus did, right? And Jesus and uh, Matthew, what he did, I love this story in Matthew, Matthew, I think it's seven through nine, where what he does is, he goes to the dying, the disease, the oppressed, the marginalized. He's consistently doing that in his ministry and he's bringing peace to them, right? Healing to them. What he doesn't do is go to them and throw money at them. He doesn't go to them and have a nice conversation, but what he does typically do with them is he communes with them. He dines with them and that is different. It's different. It changes everything. When we, he made himself a servant to those people And so- um, It's different
1: for both people.
2: Oh, yeah. The born being
1: served and the one serving. Mm -hmm. The difference of like throwing money or just saying things other than like entering in.
2: Entering in. It's costly on both sides, but worth it.
1: Yeah. So worth it
2: in the end. Because when two people can come together and go, I see you, I empathize with you. I'm going to push through the maybe awkwardness or maybe the frustration and we're going to have a conversation it's so simple, yet we overcomplicate it, right? Right. There's so many icky parts of our heart and so many things that we're coming to the table with. Yeah, you know? like our
1: own baggage, our own mm-hmm. preconceived ideas, our own just
2: Absolutely, everything. our own prejudices, yeah. our own biases, yeah. all of those things. And so how do we look at a person and go, you're an image bearer of God. And because you're an image bearer, I'm going to sit with you. You know what? I'm an image bearer too, and I'm messy. And so I'm going to be vulnerable with you and my mess please be vulnerable with me and let's build trust together. I've seen this firsthand. This is my story. I've been in this, um, in this work for a long time, sitting across women and um, having preconceived ideas, having prejudices, having biases and wanting so desperately um, to, to sit, be vulnerable and love well. And you know what? And to receive love. Um, It's a gift. I have been more sharpened and shaped. Okay. Let's
1: talk about you starting Sparrow, Sparrow Women. Yes. Because you said something about um, that you guys exist also to, you didn't say build bridges, but peacemakers and a lot of that in between different um, ethnicities. Yes. Am I right? Mm -hmm. You're a white woman. If people Mm -hmm. haven't seen your picture yet. So let's talk about what that has been like. Mm -hmm. As you, Rachel, seen a need. Mm Mm-hmm seeing the truth that we are called, that we are sent, that we are peacemakers and wanting to be a part of that mm-hmm. help as of someone who is not a minority. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you?
2: Yes. So I think the Lord had to do a work in my own heart. He had to strip away a lot of things of what I thought about people around me, about the world, um, and I had to realize the privileges that I walk in. Okay, as a white woman, I had to recognize um, that the world was set up to accommodate me. It really and truly was. And and you can see that. Anything you know, you've heard the examples of band aids. Band aids that are white, flesh colored. They call them flesh. Quote well, flesh color, yeah, flesh. But they're 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 white, uh-huh. and that's not indicative of all flesh. That's not um, indicative of who you know, God created all of mankind to be. And so I had to recognize that um, for me, it's like swimming with the stream. It's easy. It's easy for me and not easy. And I know I I go through hard things in life and all of those things, but I'm talking about like big picture society is set up for me to go with the current, right? Um, And oftentimes men and women of color have to sacrifice in order to go with the current or they have to um, go against the current sometimes. And so anyway, I've just been on a journey of really understanding. I have a friend, I think you know her, Tori Mm -hmm. Latoria. And- um, She's been on the show. I love her so much. Um, She's been a dear friend to me and um, instrumental in my uh, walkthrough on this journey. You know, And uh, what she said to me one time, we were sitting at a table full of women and we were talking about these things. And she said- when is the last time uh, that you thought about the color of your skin? And I looked at her and I literally couldn't think of a time that I've ever, I've ever thought about the color of my skin. And she said, well, I, I do every day, every day. This is my reality. This is, this is the reality of our nation. And so, man, I had to reconcile some of those things. I wrestled, I wrestled with some of that going, man, okay, I'm going to do the hard work. So what that catapulted me into was educating myself, really reading things that I had not read before, considering things that I had not read before. And really what it did was catapult me into the word of what is God's heart? Because if God's heart is on earth as it is in heaven, well, heaven is just this beautiful display of ethnicity. We don't leave our ethnicity here on earth. We actually carry it into Mm -hmm. heaven. And God delights in that. He did it on purpose. Yeah. So it must mean something. This is, this is what Ephesians talks about when this is his fullness um, and his creativity, right? This is what um, Ephesians talked about when Jesus came to earth, right? And he died on the cross and the gospel itself, what he did on the cross, that tears down every division between us. Every division between us is what that word says. And you know what it does? It unifies us as one, and so if I can live my life like that, recognizing that, recognizing others and chasing God's fullness in other people and other image bearers, I want to spend my life doing that. I want my kids to spend their lives doing that because the more I know of others and really enter in with other people, the more I know about Jesus. That's right. The okay. more
1: I know about heaven. Rachel, here's a couple things after what you just said. Okay. First of all, you said it led me to do the work. Yeah. Because here's what you and I both know to be true.
2: Mm-hmm. As white women, mm-hmm.
1: we could go our whole lives and never do any work. It's true. We, and and our life would to. not be changed. That's right. We could hear the things, uh, have the conversations and do nothing because it would not affect us at all. That's Right. So it's interesting that you said I did the work because I think that's where so many people get caught up. They're like, this isn't right. This isn't okay. Mm -hmm. But then they don't realize that it does take the work to educate, to step in, Mm -hmm. to hear the pain, um, to acknowledge the truth and what other people are saying. That's a big thing. But I also am really intrigued with you. What made you do the work? Mm -hmm. I mean, I know your friend said that to you. Mm -hmm. She still would have been your friend. Mm -hmm. It might not have gone as deep. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have entered in. But what made you actually say, I'm going to do some
2: work about this? Because you didn't have to. Right, right. I think just wanting to authentically pursue the kingdom of God. So it was that. It It, was this. It was, I thought I knew, but I didn't. And I have been a believer for 20 years, 20. I started this journey seven years ago. And- I took a long hard look and I think there's something in me that wants to be just authentic, you know? And so being able to recognize in myself, ooh, there's some things that you have not seen. There's some realities in your country that you do not know. See, I can go on a mission trip, right? And I can go, man... Those are some hard realities. I can recognize it. It is so much harder here in America to recognize the hard realities. If you're not, if you're in the majority. If you're in the majority, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about majority culture. Uh-huh. And so what it did for me, it just, it turned my stomach inside out mm-hmm. to know I've missed this. Yeah, I've missed this. And so, and not in a perfectionistic, man, I want to know everything there is to know about God. I think we all want mm-hmm. to know more about God. Um, but if I'm going to be a kingdom cultivator here on earth, if, if that's my purpose, that's my role, right? Is we're all set on mission, kingdom cultivators. If that's my purpose, then at some point, I have got to understand what God's kingdom is. And his kingdom is not white. His kingdom is beautiful. It's an array of color. And I have to enter in and recognize people's realities. Um, and I can't discount them because I have not experienced them. And that is key.
1: That is so key.
2: I want to enter in. I want to experience. I want to dine. I want to love. You know what? I will say, I might cry. This has been the most um, fulfilling journey that I have ever been on out of this span of my life because I am able to go, God, you are so big. And God, how can I fight for your kingdom here on earth? Yeah. yeah. I don't want to criticize. I don't want to blame. You know what I want to do? I want to get on the field. I want to play. That is what is burning yeah. in me. And you know what's great is we're all offered the gift of playing. Yeah. We Everyone really gets are. to play. It's Everyone. like the YMCA. Yeah,
1: everyone plays. Everybody
2: plays. Everybody can
1: play. <laughs> That's right. If you show up to the game. The coach will put you in.
2: You're in. You're in, in, coach. Yeah. Let's yes. do this. Yes. Yes. Uh, it's just the beautiful thing. Uh, being a believer, we have. We talked about this before. Before we started airing, like we have an inheritance, and that inheritance is beautiful, handed down by the Father. It is. It is irrevocable. It does not change. His love does not change. And from that place, if I know who I am, that I am loved. I am a daughter of the King. That emboldens me. That strengthens me to go out. And you know what? I don't have to compare myself. I don't have to prove myself. Do you know what I get to do? I get to serve others. I get to love others. I get to lay my life down for other people who maybe are oppressed and marginalized. The people who just don't see, who just don't know. I get to lay my life down and it is a joy to do so. Now, I will say it's hard because I, this is a sticky work. It's not clean. It doesn't feel good always. But if you'll lean into it, I feel like I am just, I just um, feel like our team, the people that are walking with us, we are peacemakers in the world around us because we're leaning into the hard work.
1: Yeah. You know, I think one of the things you mentioned just now, which I think is, was kind of key for me when you talk about. You know, I, I wanted to see the whole kingdom, and I wanted to to be a part of that. And that was a really, you know, catalyzing you forward in this journey. For me, it, my, it's a little bit different because I have black children, and mm-hmm. so that kind of was the the big. It's a big driving force for me. Is mm-hmm. I'll never be black, but I want to understand what they might walk through. But one thing that's been really, really big for me over the last couple of years, in particular, is really wanting to be a person who says if my brothers and sisters in Christ are saying something, I, I believe them mm-hmm. and I mourn with them and I weep with them. And I don't tell them that that's not true how the world really works. Mm-hmm. And I don't tell them that they're seeing it wrong. And mm-hmm. I don't tell them that they're playing the race card again. Mm-hmm. Like that's been yes. really, really moving for me in the past couple of years of saying, I wanna be in the family of God who we love our siblings. And we believe our siblings Mm -hmm. and we want our siblings to not be marginalized. All those those things. And so for me, it's been also like the whole, exactly what you said, we're all part of this kingdom. Uh, Down here, how does that look that when I look around, I think that's my brother or sister Mm -hmm. saying that they feel that way. And I see a lot of Christians, Mm -hmm. white majority culture Christians saying you're overreacting. Mm -hmm. I've never seen that happen. That can't be true. Mm -hmm. And I really, and I know you do as well, want to encourage us, and we'll talk, st- talk specifically to believers because we have a reason to be this way. Mm-hmm. Is to really, like you said, to lay down your life and your privileges to trust and believe what someone is saying is true.
2: That's right. That's right. Um, we don't, I believe because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we don't have an option to not see. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. To not really see people. You know, back in Matthew, when Jesus commissioned the disciples, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And then what does he do? He says, and we need to pray. And you know, who was the answer to that prayer? The disciples. They were the answer to that prayer. And he sent them out to go to to um, to go to everyone, but then specifically to go to um, the dying, maybe the oppressed the marginalized, those who are on the outs of society, those who are not being heard. Um, and I think we just have this, uh, we have a great opportunity here because of the gospel, because we know the power that exists in the gospel um, to break down every divining wall and to bring peace where peace is like, it's its not there. It's chaos, you know?
1: I just read something recently, an article from CNN. Yeah. And it said that this past year, 2018, hate crime was up 17% than the year before. Mm. And um, when you're talking about how, you know, we don't have an option as Christ followers, Mm -hmm. I think that we can look at our day and age and see it is so important right now to do what you just said, that we don't have an option to not see what's happening. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's right before us. Mm -hmm. People are so against each other for lots of different reasons. That we have to choose an alternative way.
2: That's we right. have
1: to choose the way of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's like very important. It's always important. Like God's always called us to that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm seeing it more. Maybe I'm older. I don't even know. Yeah. People who are older than us can probably say, We've seen this for a long time too, Jamie. But you know, you're just now getting up there and seeing it. But yeah. I feel like it is. Like it's it's more imperative now that we as believers are saying this is not okay. That's right. So crazy.
2: She said get out the chat room and clean my bed. stretch. pine fresh.
0: The Glad Girl group coming at you with a throwback jam. That was Glad Force Flex drawstring trash bags featuring Pine Sol Original Scent. And that's
2: better than all good. It's all glad.
0: If a friend asks how you're doing and you say. I'm okay. When the truth is.
2: I don't
1: want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say. Hang it in there. I want to. I do have a question for you. Yeah, I know this has been hard work. I'm um, stepping mm-hmm. in to this, and what I love about you guys is Sparrow Women is not set up as a bunch of middle class white women running the organization mm-hmm. to bridge gaps. I love that because that would not be a good thing. No, <laughs> it wouldn't be a good thing. It wouldn't mm-hmm. work. It would. It's not. It's not what we right. need. Where have you received the most pushback? Church people, non church people, majority culture, minority culture. I, I know you've you've had to have pushback.
2: Um, I have a team of people that um, they push back. And I know that sounds funny, but that's been a part of my journey is me having a lens at which I see the world around me and them constantly going, hey, what about this? Have you thought about this? And these are women of color that are around me that are going, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? And then I go and do the work of reading and then I realize, hmm. So to your point a while ago, you had said, in my privilege, I have the option to say things like, the system is not broken. You are being dramatic. You know, the fact of the matter is, is when you start down this road, the system is broken because we are living in a day and age um, that Christ is not reigning. Do you know what I'm saying? Like here on earth, Mm -hmm. we are, it is uh, sinful. It is worldly. There's those things. Now we know Christ sits enthroned, right? On high. And he is reigned. He is sovereign over all of this. However, what I mean is we are carried away by the lusts of our flesh and the divide and the hate and all of those things. So, so to say something like, the system isn't broken. Well, well, in fact, the system, we're all broken. We're broken people in this broken world and there are broken systems. I think we have to do the hard work to recognize it. Mm-hmm. I always use this analogy, you know, um, Julie Andrews on the top of the hill and uh, Sound of Music. I've actually never seen it.
1: <gasps> I know, don't judge me.
2: I'm so judging you. I know. Isn't oh that where gosh. they line up on the stairs? No, this is the part where she's- But is that in the movie? Oh, totally. Okay, yeah. Yes. Just, I've never yes. seen this. So Sound of Music, she's up on a hill. I've and seen she's, that. Yeah. And she's like twirling yeah. around and she's singing. And it, the fact of the matter is, World War II is happening at the time, okay? And, um, and, the, and the story goes there of how World War II is going on. And I feel like I was that person for a little bit there where I was just, it's all okay? Mm-hmm. We're all going to be okay. Which in Christ, I know my inheritance is in heaven. I know I'm going there. I know I'm going to sing his praises for the rest of my life. I know I am okay. However, I have a job to do here. And part of that job is recognizing the war. You know, to get down off the hill and to get in the work and recognize there's a war going on. Um, There's a battle at hand. So anyway, I think the, the criticism maybe that comes, I have great people around me That helped me kind of work through it. I think it's on the whole, it's maybe women who don't know where to get started and feel very overwhelmed by this whole conversation because it can be very overwhelming and it can feel like, so wait, I'm the problem? Right. So wait, I, wait, what? What happened here? I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything in my life. (laughs) Right. And so I think some of that we have to recognize that. You have to do the work to see because otherwise, there might be some problematic things. You might be a part of the system that, and, and kind of just not realizing, right, what you're not seeing and just kind of keep it going, yeah. enabling uh-huh. that. Yeah. You know,
1: not and out so, of like deception or not out of even mean spirit, just out of this, I'm just living my mm-hmm. life.
2: And that's, it's, it's funny because that, that in and of itself is a privilege. Exactly. Exactly. Um, You know, we talked about this before, but criticism is, is not a bad thing. I think it matters who it comes from. I think you have a trusted few uh, and I do have a trusted few that I, that I look to and, and we talk, we wrestle together. What Brene Brown says, she's she's like, we, we rumble together. Mm -hmm. I love that word, rumble. We do, we rumble together. And we know at the end of the day, we're sisters sisters. They're yeah. my sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are we are a unified body of believers. We all look different. We all have different backgrounds, different stories. But at the same time, I know that when they're coming up with hard things, I know they're preparing me for the battle outside of that. Where do people do say hard things? Yeah. And it's typically out of just frustration, yeah. being overwhelmed. Totally. Or feeling like, okay, we're not doing enough. Uh-huh. Or we're we're too much for some people. Yeah. Yeah, and the places that we talked about was you're not enough, you Mm -hmm. never will be, Mm -hmm. but Christ is. Yeah, Jesus is. Yeah, He will come and He will fill you with what you need for the time at hand. Yep, we have been equipped. Yeah, and so I think I I struggle with that. Oh, we're not doing enough. Uh huh. We're too much. much. Yeah, you know. And so we say at Sparrow, we're an introductory conversation to racial harmony. I love it. Okay, so I
1: this is what I think could be happening right now. If someone is listening. There are some people that are like, yes, Jamie and Rachel are like, speak in my language. This is awesome. And I am very quick to acknowledge, um, and I've said this before, my, my listenership is mostly white women and I would love to have more women of color listening. Um, and so I feel as though God's like, hey, speak to them, you know? So I feel like there's can be women who are listening, majority culture that are going, yes. I am so with you guys, I'm in this, I'm learning, I'm acknowledging, I'm seeing privilege, all of the things. And then I guarantee you, there are people who are listening and if you're frustrated, thank you for making it this far, who are going, I I don't know if I buy this and that's not who I want us to talk to right now. Who I want us to talk to is a woman who's going, I think I see what you're saying a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And you know, you just mentioned it a little bit that it can feel very overwhelming, Like, where would I start? What would I do? So when you look back seven years ago, when this journey started for you, what were those small things that you did to start thinking about different things, changing your mindset on different things? What were those small things that someone could actually tangibly do if they're hearing something and the Holy Spirit's awakening something in them going, you do need to open your eyes and you see, you need to look around and see that this is true. What are some small things?
2: Yeah, small things would be, I mean, I'm gonna take it, to really what happened with me, okay? So like I said, Sparrow started as a, a small group Bible study in my home and um, who the Lord brought were uh, women from all different backgrounds, all different ethnicities, uh, walks of life. And some of them were believers, some of them were not. And I got to visibly see um, the gospel presented, the walls come down, women be vulnerable, and unified. I got to see that. And I think the Lord, that I think that was a special gift, right? That's not everyone's uh, reality, right? Right? And so I don't want to paint a picture for your listeners like, oh, all you have to do uh-huh. is start a Bible study, <laughs> gather women who don't look like you. I actually don't think that's the first step. I think the first step is to pray. I, I know that sounds cliche. I think it's to pray. I think it's to be in the Bible. I think it's to realize What's going on, and then I think you go to the culture. So I, you read the news, you read what's going on in the world, you educate yourself. For so long, so I was a stay-at-home mom, and um, you know, you're in the throes of infancy, mm-hmm. you know. And um, for the longest time, I didn't have even the space to think about what was going on in the news, yeah, national news. You gotta get through the day. I was just trying to get through the day, snack time and nap time. Oh man, it was snack time. It was hard, right? Um, However, something changed in me where I thought when I think kingdom, I think oh okay, I'm a kingdom cultivator, so I have to actually know the culture around me. And there was a shift where I just started reading when I could, Mm -hmm. right, Um, on apps or whatever, just just stories here and there, attack you know. I started doing that. Started uh, asking questions of friends around me. Have you ever thought about this? And then I'd go home, and I'd I'd sit there, pray, think um, when I could. Again, this was all in the midst of raising kids. That's what's crazy about this. What a what a gift from the Lord. But it was in chaos. Um, God entered in in my chaos, and He brought light unto, unto my feet as to where I was supposed to go. Yeah. Um, and so it really was simple. It was talking to, uh, being friends with maybe the checkers at uh, the grocery store, asking questions of them, sitting down with people that I wouldn't normally for coffee, pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. Because here's the, here's the deal. The art of asking questions, you start asking people questions, me and Jamie, and um, they open up and one question leads to another And all of a sudden the person sitting in front of you is not ever who you expected them to be or who you assumed they were. You know, I think we can all push ourselves to that place of going, I'm going to sit down with someone outside of my, my huddle and I'm going to sit with them. I'm going to see them and I'm just going to ask questions. I'm not going to assume anything. I'm not going to try to change anything. I'm just going to sit and listen and love. And then I'm going to go back and I'm going to journal about it. Yeah. I'm a journaler. So journal about it. What do I think about that? How did that change the, my view of this person or this group or whatever? I mean, it, it just is very simple. A lot of times it, it was at Chick-fil-A. Yeah, It was meeting one person at Chick-fil-A from my kid's preschool class. And I saw walls come down
1: And you're at Chick-fil-A, so God God does things. Praise. I mean, it's Christian chicken. Christian chicken. You know, I always say um, one thing that I think about what you just said, which is so true, that I think that when we can see the news Mm -hmm. and we may have preconceived ideas about a particular um, group of people, whether that be religion, sexual orientation, um, skin color, whatever it might be, whatever's different than you, you might have preconceived notions, um, ideas, assumptions, like you just said, but things change when you meet somebody Mm -hmm. that falls into that category. When you meet someone who um, grew up in our country and their family immigrated here for hopes and dreams, and they've been here since they were five and they're now 18 and you meet them, that takes on a, your mind goes a different place than just what the news tells you. That's right. When you meet someone who may be living a different lifestyle than you and you enter into their world, you learn things that counteract those assumptions mm-hmm. that you just always thought. And so I think it's just so beautiful when people are willing to say, hey, I want to step in and I want to meet someone that's different mm-hmm. so that I can learn. I mean, this is a crazy example, but I look back and I think that when when we adopted our first son, Deacon, we knew that his um, birth mom is white and his birth dad's black, he's biracial. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother, bless her heart, she's passed away now, but she was super concerned that we were going to have a black baby. Super concerned. And um, I remember that she, after he was born, my dad called her and she asked how dark his skin was. I mean, she's just so concerned. We later bring home two kids from Haiti who have super dark skin. I don't know what if God did anything in her heart about this, but I will tell you that she adored my children mm-hmm. And my prayer was always that God would use my kids to change her mind about people's skin that look different than hers. Because I can guarantee she never had a friend, right? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so that's always been this example of when you enter into someone's world and you meet someone that's different, the stories they play different out in your brain. Mm-hmm. They totally do. They play out differently, mm-hmm. and so I think that's. I think that might be a
2: first step. Yeah. I think it's just hearing from other people. Yeah. And I think it's humbling yourself and realizing for me, majority culture, white woman here, I grew up in affluence. Okay. And so um what's funny is that I have realized so much about the way that I grew up and the privileges that I currently have and how I can use those to divest my privilege and lay it down and 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 look at another person and say, okay, I see this in you. Wow, how did the Lord, the Lord was so creative in you. Let's talk about your past experiences. Let's talk about the hard things I want to hear. I don't, I don't, I don't want to walk away. And I think that's what the hard part about um, what I realized about myself and my own privilege is that I got to walk away. Yeah, I got to, I got to ignore it because- and I say this all the time when I talk at Sparrow, but um, I would say that I grew up in a family that taught you to love everybody. So I didn't think that I there was anything wrong, you know. Um, and so when I started entering into these spaces, is when I really started seeing my biases bubble to the surface. Mm. Um, and to say we don't have biases—that's just not true. It's proven everybody has a bias yeah. about something. And so I think it's just coming to, coming to terms with that, yeah. you know, and um, being humble And having humility. That's in, what I was going to say, having humility about it. You, you do, yeah, yeah. that you're growing into the likeness of Christ, but you have not arrived yet. Right. And so there are things he wants to teach you. And I tell you, I've learned more. I feel like in the last five years about the character of God by sitting down with people who do not look like me, it has been just the joy of my life yeah. to do this. Yeah. And I would say
1: too, like, be humble. You and I both, this is a passion for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had someone call me out this summer in the sweetest, lovingest way as a friend about something that I was doing that was not okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I told her this, so I'm not saying anything she doesn't know. My very first reaction was, that's dumb. Like, you know, I didn't mean that, that's dumb. I didn't say it out. I told her later. I didn't say it out loud at first, but my first thought in my head was like, this is so overreacting. Are you kidding me? Like, Mm -hmm. no. And then I had to stop and go, if I'm going to choose to believe that this is a real experience for her and I'm attributing to it, even though I don't feel like I am, I didn't mean to, it was out of ignorance. I had to really shut my mouth and listen and say, okay, teach me and I'm going to learn. And I joked later and told her that my first thought was, that's dumb. And she's like, of course it was. Like, <laughs> of course that was your first thought. But it just takes this going, okay, maybe it's not how I think it is. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not okay. Um, we, yeah, I think that you and I could talk about this for hours. And so yes. thank you guys, listeners, for listening. I hope mm-hmm. I'm going to put up some extra resources too about some books that are a good place okay. to start as well, because I think it's important. And one thing I've learned as being um, a white woman who does want to learn more and does want to be passionate about learning and entering into these spaces is that I have to be willing to put the work in. I can't just expect somebody to explain everything Mm -hmm. to me. I've got to be willing to put the work in. So I will give you guys resources if you're listening. Um, Okay. I want to talk about two more things. We're almost out of time, which is so sad, but two more things. Number one, the Sparrow Conference. Yes. Um, I told you I'll do whatever you want, whenever you want, because I really (laughs) believe in you guys and I'm so proud of y'all. But give us the elevator pitch of what the conference is, And I will say that this came out, tickets just went on sale. And so Mm -hmm. if you're listening, tickets are available.
2: Give me the spiel. Yeah, so you can get tickets uh, at sparrowwomen.com. The conference is on March 29th and 30th in Dallas, Texas at the Music Hall Fair Park. Um, We're really excited about this year. We're going to be walking through the book of Ephesians. Um, We have... Great speakers like yourself, Jamie, <laughs> coming. Uh, Jen Wilkin, Ruth Hoesman's, and um, let's see who else. Jackie Hill Perry. Jackie's uh, going to be there. Jackie's going to be there. Yes. Um, and what we do this? It seems interesting because I think sometimes when you're when you're thinking about Sparrow and you're going, okay, we're, I'm going to this conference to learn about racial harmony. That's what I'm going for. That's a good and right thing. What we do first, though. Mm-hmm. Is we walk through exegetically a book of the Bible because we believe that you need to have the truth in order to walk it out in the world around you. And so you must know the truth of the scriptures, the gospel, all of those things. So we want those foundational Christian beliefs in there. So we study that book in its entirety that weekend. We work hard, we work through. Uh, line by line, uh, the scripture. You know, in a couple of years, you're gonna have to get some bigger books. I know. What am I gonna do? I know. I, mean, I don't
1: know what you're gonna do, you but do. Keep, uh, keep going. I just thought about that. I know. I thought you about. Got a that couple too. of years.
2: I got a few years. Yeah, I got a few years. I got the I got the Timothy's. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so we walk through the book, the Bible, and then what we do is we talk about how to apply it in the world around us. How to walk in love. That's the theme of this next year: is to walk in love. Here, here's the thing that I know. Um, oftentimes we're really busy. Um, we're really busy. And what we do is we go to church quickly. We get what we need from church. Those good spiritual nuggets, oftentimes we do this and then um, they kind of end on us. And so what we want to push is let's learn the truth of the scriptures. Let's let it penetrate the deepest parts of our hearts. You know, it does convict. It does change our hearts. It makes us more into his likeness. And then what we want to do is we want to actually walk it out. Now, the walk is messy, right? The walk is messy. messy. Um, We are not promised this perfect, gleaming, harmony, unifying, whatever. We're not promised those things. We do know that it is possible in Christ. We do know that it is possible in Jesus. And we know that's his heart, right? That's what he wants here, his um, kingdom here on earth. That's what he wants. And so, we talk about walking it out. And what does that practically look like? So a lot of what we talked about, um, loving our neighbors, pushing the boundaries of our friendships, talking about hard things. You know, we talk a lot about walking in love in all of those relationships. And then specifically across racial lines. Yeah. How do you walk in love? So that is what we're going to be doing in March. And I cannot wait. The worship is incredible. It is so incredible. I came home and-
1: I don't know if you guys gave it out to everybody, but I immediately texted Lauren. I was like, I need you to give me like everything that you guys yes. played. And so she sent me like an iTunes list. It, and I just, I listen to those songs all the time. I do too. So yeah. And they're not my normal worship songs, which is right. like, it's this is going to sound like total crazy. But when you're entering into a space and it's like, it's done different than you're used to because you guys do a great job of incorporating different worship styles. Yes. And so there can be a part and a tension of like, is this uncomfortable? Which is what a lot of people feel all the time. Right. But I would enter in and go like, I don't know this song that we're doing. And by the end, I love the song. Yes. I love the way it's done. I love the style. And so it's it's, it's pretty great. incredible.
2: Are you having dancers again? We are having dancers. Are you yes. taking applications? Do you need to come? I'm going to put you on that stage, girl. I'm going to give you some tap shoes. Uh Put you on that stage. I'd
1: like a flag, actually. If I could run around with a flag like (laughs) that, I'd be happy. Um, No, but I'm I'm not kidding you guys. And I'm not just saying this because I'm one of the people that's going to be
2: there. I highly recommend this conference. Like, I highly recommend any age, right? I mean, you're like... Any age, any age. Uh, Just women, what we do is... And I will say this. The beautiful part about Sparrow is really... uh, I feel like it is just the mark of Jesus because he. we have women from all walks of life that come to this. Um, We have women that, um, we have college students, we have older women. We used to say only college students come. Do you remember this way back in the day? Only college students. But then the older women were like, "Uh uh-uh, we want in Uh on that too. uh We want in. Um, It's very diverse uh, ethnicity wise and um, we fought hard for that. It's probably the most diverse ethnicity conference I attend all year. I love that yeah it's beautiful and it's that's such an honor that you would say that yeah. We've um, built a lot of bridges in our city so we say, hey this is for Dallas um, but you know what we get people from all over the United States, Canada, Mexico you know uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. I have never been so challenged in all my life sitting in that seat hearing from these different speakers and being challenged to really walk out my faith. Yeah. What does it look like day in? day out to imitate christ and walk in love it's going to be so good and ephesians yeah, okay yes Yeah. it's a little bit of a punch to the gut though yeah you know it's but like it's, i i
1: take it as like it's a punch to a gut but i i kind of like to know what's expected not what's expected of me like here's what i'm asking you to do you know like yeah it, yeah okay here's what we need to do here's how you walk it out
2: here's how you do it it's clear go yes, yes. yes. don't be don't be just talkers uh, of the word be doers, do-ers. Yeah, right it's, yeah Yeah, and so I'm going to tell you what to do. There
0: you go. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is,
1: I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak.
0: Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.
1: There you go. Okay, Rachel, I always ask people three things they're loving and what they're reading. So tell me what you got.
2: Yes, so (laughs) I felt like such a nerd thinking about these things because I have these new brand of pens. You're not the first
1: person on this show that has listed a pen as one of their favorite things. So don't feel like a nerd. This is great.
2: I am a journaler, writer. That's how I kind of process things. And so a fine point pen is just like a breath of fresh air to my soul. <laughs> are you kind of so, like shysty with them? Like, um, sometimes
1: Aaron has had good pens. I'll be like, can I borrow your pen? He's like, no, you're gonna have to get another one. I'm like, well, you have one right there on your desk.
2: He's like, yeah, it's my favorite. Oh my you gosh, that is it. so my husband. Yes, he does the same thing. No, I actually, um, my kids, they they do take them, but I keep like, you know, it comes in eight pack. Yeah, you've got I keep keep like, three of my favorite colors. I'm like, you don't touch the blue ones. These are mine. You don't touch the purple one, you know. Um, but they're erasable pens. They're called Fixion. I know that sounds crazy, but I have a two-year-old who writes on walls. Okay, yeah,
1: you need erasable. It's really bad. Yeah. Got to have mis- erasable, Mister Eraser. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. remember
2: those old erasable pens in school? Like the first that came out with the really big eraser uh-huh. on the top, and it didn't really, didn't really erase. That's what I was gonna
1: say. Yeah, it was like <laughs> yeah. a fake erase. It was, yeah, it fake erased. These actually erase. That's Fixion. Good.
2: Okay, because
1: I get when if I see someone that still uses a paper calendar, which bless you if that's you. If I see people that use a paper calendar and they write in it with pen, my anxiety level goes through the roof. Mm-hmm. Because in my mind, I'm like, you know, plans change. Like <laughs> you're going to need to
2: get a pencil. They could use your erasable pen. Fixion. I feel like I, I'm like an advertisement you are. for them. Okay. Fixion ball pens, <laughs> you know? What else are you loving? love I am loving um, the other thing. I'm loving. Okay, seek the peace. You've gotten their candles before. Uh, Jerusalem, Florence. Okay, the one tobacco and leather. I'm I'm so Ooh, what is wrong Aaron with me? Would I'm like, like that. all into the manly sense. I don't know what it is about me. I'm I like flowers, but I like manly uh-huh. sense. Okay, so seek the peace candles. Seek the peace candles, and then uh, my last thing. You know, when I was thinking about this, I have been redoing some parts of my home, and um, there's this bookshelf that I found. A friend of mine who's a decorator, she took me to market with her. I begged her to take me to market. And I have this bookshelf. It's an old antique wooden bookshelf, but it has those glass sliding doors. And um, I've never had a place in our home to put um, my books. And all of. I have a ton of books and they are stacked everywhere, right? And so I put all of our favorite books, like as a family, our uh-huh. favorite books. It's in our dining room. And um I put that there and just things that mean a lot from my grandmother who passed away, put that in there. And so when I look at that bookshelf, it's like home. Mm. This is home. This is home. Um and I love that aspect of um creating spaces like that that feel like you yeah. and like home. Yeah. So my bookshelf, my sliding glass. You have to store, send me a bookshelf. picture of it. I'll send you a picture. What are you reading? Right now I'm reading Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. It has read my mail and turned me upside down so many times. uh, Leading an organization is hard. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so um, it's good to read. uh, It's refreshing to read that and to know um, where I'm operating out of maybe shame or fear or any of those things. It's just the nitty gritty hard work, doing that hard work so that I can be freed up to lead and in the organization, being able to see people at the table when we plan things, being able to see them, enter in with them, and uh, equip them to go out and lead in their own ways. Giftings you know? and what they're doing. Yeah. Exactly. I need to yeah. get my hands on that book. It's so good. What else? Just so tell me one more. I just finished um, um, Shannon Martin. Yes. Ordinary Places. The Ministry of Ordinary Places. It's just really good. Talking about loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really convicting. I think it's uh, something that is very much along the same lines as what we talked about today with racial harmony and trying to pursue it, but really not knowing how. Yeah. Um, what if you live in a predominantly white area of town? What do you What do you do with that? Mm-hmm. You know. And so she just had some really good answers, some really good places to stretch and to work out. Um, yeah, the hard. She's parts a
1: good person about. to follow if if you're starting to feel like I want to investigate this more and I want to see what this looks like. She also has really great book recommendations mm, about this. Yes. So just go follow Shannon. Yes. I'm a fan of hers. Um, Rachel, thank you so much for coming. Thank
2: you for inviting me. It's wonderful.
1: My prayer before we record, my prayer when this goes out is, God, will you soften hearts mm. so that they won't hear this and go, oh my gosh, another person talking about mm-hmm. how bad I am as a white woman because that's not our heart. That's no. not our message. That's not anything. But you and I both. What we want is for women to live this. What do you keep saying? Kingdom, kingdom culture. Oh, ki- we're kingdom cultivators. We are kingdom cultivators. Like we that. Are. Like I'm going to think about that for a long time, But that's like what our but goal we is when you and I mm-hmm. are sitting at this conversation. Yeah, is we want women who are followers of Jesus to step into that and and do everything
2: that they can to be right. kingdom cultivators. Kingdom cultivators in our home. Yes. Out from there, yes. kingdom cultivators. Yeah. Who wants to be a kingdom cultivator? Come on, y'all. That's a dumb ending. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's dumb at all. Let's do this. Raise, raise
1: your hand. If you're driving, if you're on the treadmill, you will be a kingdom cultivator. Can oh I get it <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. You guys, I told you it was good. I told you it was good. I know that you were probably laughing at me when I asked everyone to raise their hand if they want to be a kingdom cultivator. But really, how many of you did raise your hand? I pray that we would embrace this work of cultivating relationships for all the things that Jesus has done in our world. My encouragement for all of us is that we would start with our own hearts, our family, our neighbors, and our community. I really do hope to see many of you at Sparrow. Come say hi if you're there. Rachel and the team at Sparrow have given you, the Happy Hour listeners, a special code for discounted tickets to the Sparrow Conference. The code is HAPPY. Tickets are on sale now. Today's show was edited by Chris with Shaper, and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Next week, my guest is Jen Wise, and she's a new friend of mine who flew in all the way to my studio from Philadelphia. Her first book, The Bright Life, released yesterday, you guys. It's so exciting. Her book is 40 Invitations to Reclaim Your Energy for the Full Life, which is super inviting to me as I look towards 2019. Our conversation is full of great encouragement towards friendship and what a great idea it would be to read this book and support one another to live the bright life that helps us let go of control, rest more, and celebrate the life that we have. Friends, enjoy your week. Share this show with a girlfriend. Have a happy hour with a friend. And I'll see you guys back here with my friend, Jen.